Keys to victory for those San Francisco 49ers to defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 10 and three 49ers that will be on the field that were not the last time this team played pre-buy and Steve Wilkes on the sideline. What does that mean? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to all the everydayers out there. We appreciate you. I see some of you jumping into our uh, our weekending live show that we like to do on Thursday evenings. Uh, it'll still be up for you, though, first thing in the morning on your commute or whenever you listen to Locked On 49ers, whether it's on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So good news. Thursday's practice. Trent Williams was on the field at the very least in some limited fashion, which means there is an opportunity now that that Trent Williams might be able to go here in week 10 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that is such an important piece for obviously the San Francisco's uh, offensive line there, even though Jalen Moore's, done okay in his absence and already going to be a replacement left guard there uh, for Aaron Banks, who is out. And um, it's just everything runs a little bit smoother when big Trent's out there, uh, you know, number 71 at left tackle. So that one's really important. And that's uh that's very good news for the 49ers. Debo Samuel already full go this week at practice. He's missed a few weeks and chase young. They traded for him to the deadline. Kyle Shanahan said he will have a definitive role for the San Francisco 49ers in Jacksonville in week 10. Those are three potentially big time difference making players that are going to be on the field for the Niners that weren't on the field for those three losses for the most part for San Francisco. That might be the difference for the 49ers to kind of get over the hump and get out of this little rut that they're in right now. Three game rut, losing three straight games, only scoring 17 points in each of those games. Defense not playing well. Well, you bring back two uh, key players on the offensive side of the ball, Debo Samuel being able to get the ball in his hands, catching run opportunities. You bring back Trent Williams. Maybe that can slow up some of the pass rush from those Jacksonville Jaguars. And you have a, who's it, Josh Allen over there who is known to get after the quarterback. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, a guy that might help Nick Bosa finish some of these uh, pass rushes that he's getting. He's getting really close. Pressures, he's right there. Sacks, he's right there. Or excuse me, pressures and QB hits, he's right there. Sacks. Not as much, but maybe this can be uh, that one key that allows Nick Bosa to be that game-changing player that he is. So uh, 49ers are going to definitely need that on the road, 10 a.m. start in Jacksonville. A few things that I didn't talk with you about yesterday, Croc, because you weren't in the uh, in the crossover episode with me and Wig from Locked On Jaguars. We had a nice little conversation uh, about some of those matchups and Josh Allen and, and what that could look like for the 49ers and uh, the way I think this game could potentially go. And I think Trent Williams has a huge impact on that. Um, I think that that three-point line with the 49ers favored in Jacksonville, that hasn't moved yet. It's still three points looking at FanDuel right now. Um, that might move. I, I think just getting Trent Williams back, knowing the 49ers are healthy, I think that's at least a half a point, man. So uh, <laughs> and, and maybe maybe it's all three points, and, and maybe it's more than that. So um, I, I'm liking that 49ers side of the bet a little bit more now, being favored in, instead of the home dog, which starting the week, I thought, yeah, no, you know, three at home with a good team. 
Um, that's usually a pretty good bet. But I love knowing Trent Williams has a, at least a chance to be out there. We don't know for sure if he's going to play yet. Um, but Debo Samuel, that will change the the dynamic of the 49ers offense and uh, could be a, a very uh, you know run-centric, short pass-centric game this week for the 49ers. And, um, and, and maybe they'll be able to open things up a little bit more offensively with Trent Williams out there. So always huge to have the bouncer back for the 49ers. <laughs> David in the chat says, number one versus number 256. I mean, I love it. The first pick in the draft and Trevor Lawrence, the last pick in the draft, not in the same draft, but... Um, the, I mean, that's that's going to be a really fun one, and we're going to get into more of that when we talk about our keys to victory here for the 49ers and uh, what they got to do to beat the Jaguars in Week 10. And, of course, in the chat, I want to hear what you guys think the 49ers have to do to beat those Jacksonville Jaguars. Will you be looking, you know, as it pertains to that, right, number one versus number 256, will you be looking to see what they look like on the field at the same time? Now, obviously, like, going up against different defenses, but just in right. general, like what one guy, what he's supposed to be, which is you know franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Like, okay, this is the golden child. This is the guy, six six, looks the part. You know, he's athletic. You know, he has the arm. He has all these things. Brock Purdy, they say he doesn't have a lot of those things. Obviously, the height. Uh, you know, we can see that. But you know, with the 49ers, it almost feels like all right. You, you, we want you to be the franchise quarterback. Are you looking to see does that? How does that play out? when those guys are going up against each other, you know, does this guy look like it's just easier for him or can this guy do different things than this guy? Uh, you know, obviously you just want to come out with a win, but is there a battle within the battle like for you when you're watching this game? I think so. I, I think it's, you know, just using the scouting eye, right. To see like, okay, well, what really is the difference between a number one pick and the last pick? And look, Brock Purdy's already taken on number one overall picks. He played against Matthew Stafford earlier on in the year and the 49ers won that one, but you can see some throws that certain quarterbacks make. They're like, okay, well maybe Brock doesn't have that, but Brock does have a lot of things that, that he does extremely well. And so he's always going to have those comparisons. And uh, it's really interesting too, because both Trevor Lawrence and and Wig mentioned this on on yesterday's pod on the crossover, which was a really fun conversation. You got to go check that one out if you haven't. Um, he he talked about how it, like for both of these players because of where they were drafted, there it's a little bit of a curse as far as public opinion goes and how fans look at them and how they treat them and what they believe in, what they don't believe in with these two players. But it's the exact opposite of the extreme. So Brock Purdy has to just keep playing amazing, keep playing amazing. He has to do so much to, to to make people believe that what he's doing is real, that he really is a good quarterback in the NFL. And it's not just Kyle Shanahan's offense. It's not just all the weapons that he has and, and uh, that he actually is a really good quarterback in the NFL. And then on the other side of things, Trevor Lawrence has to nearly be perfect or else people look at him and say, oh, well, he's not that good because he's the number one pick in the draft. He's not Patrick Mahomes. So they're holding him to almost an impossible standard to hit as the number one pick in the draft. And we see that a lot with high draft picks in the first round where you expect a lot more than them. Um, go all the way back to the 49ers' first draft in Solomon Thomas. If Solomon Thomas was a third, fourth round pick, nobody would have ever cared, right? It's just like, hey, there's this, we have a defensive lineman. Cool. Um, but since he was the, the number three pick and drafted that high in the first round, uh, he gets this bust label and everyone looks at him in, in a completely different light. And so I think both it's really fascinating because Trevor Lawrence and Brock Purdy are dealing with the same sort of preconceived notions and bias against where they were drafted. And it's really hard for fans to put that aside and media to put that aside and just trust what they're seeing with these quarterbacks and, um, 
And so uh, I, I, that is fascinating. And it, and it was always fun to watch different quarterbacks. And when you really get to see a quarterback, like um, speaking of another number one pick, Joe Burrow a couple of weeks ago. Right. And so you watch Burrow, you're like, that, that guy's good, right? That guy's pretty good. We watched Kirk Cousins. Like, you know what? That guy's pretty good too. And, and Kirk Cousins kind of always been the guy I've compared um, Brock Purdy to. But then there's been some teams that that came in to play the 49ers who were like, oh my God, okay. I thought Brock Purdy was just this, just to me, whatever, you know, use whatever, uh, you know, trope to, to talk about a quarterback and kind of put him down a little bit. And then Brock Purdy goes and beats you and puts 30 points up. And like, oh, that guy's actually really good. And so um, that's always fun to do with any quarterback you play against and someone that you watch from afar and then really dig into him, snap in and snap out for a full game uh, against a team you know well. And, and so it's a lot easier to, uh, I think, evaluate a quarterback when they're playing against that defense you watch every week. So that's going to be a ton of fun for me. You referenced Solomon Thomas there. I want to throw out, he is playing for his uh, former defensive coordinator, the guy that drafted him, Robert Sally, is playing for him in New York. And I watched him get a sack on Monday night. So I was like, there you go, Solomon Thomas. Let's go. (laughs) RDC says, I would love to never talk about 49ers quarterback, whoever it is, ever again. Well, um, that is never going to happen for the 49ers, especially and especially the last couple of years, man. And I can pinpoint the date. I've talked about it. It's March 26, 2021, man. It, it has been a story for the 49ers and, and maybe someday it'll not be a story for the 49ers. And, and uh, that's up to Brock Purdy playing. I mean, just playing lights out against the Jaguars. I, I think that would be, that'd be really fun. Um, okay. More on Steve Wilkes, more keys to victory for the San Francisco 49ers against the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 10 next today's episode of locked on 49ers is brought to you by prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy and this is how easy prize picks is all you do is you open up the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl and you pick two or more players and with those players you pick more or less than their projected stats at prize picks you place that entry and then you could turn 10 bucks into 250 bucks. Went up to 25 times your money this football season, having tons of fun playing prize picks. And now a little special edition at prize picks with the basketball season here. You can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, uh, how about uh, Debo Samuel plus Steph Curry combination 10.5 combo of Three pointers made and receptions. I'm taking the, uh, the, the, I'm taking the more than on that all day when it comes to uh, Steph Curry threes. Uh, but uh, tons of fun at prize picks, and you can get involved super easy as well. And all you got to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. And use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. I want to talk a little bit about our friends at jacemedical.com right now. Whether you're uh, on maybe extended travel with your family, maybe that travel is taking you to somewhere remote where you don't have great cell surface. Maybe you're bracing for a major weather event or limited by yet another supply shortage. You are covered with jacemedical.com. Thanks to our partners at Jace life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply even ed generics for cialis viagra and more prescriptions are available all you got to do is go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication 
Remember to use promo code locked on at checkout for a discount as well. Here's what one ver- verified customer had to say about Jace. Quote, I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half just to have enough. I ordered most of my daily meds with a one-year supply at Jace. I also ordered antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this service for everyone, end quote. So if you're someone or maybe your loved ones, you want to have some peace of mind and have that one year of supply of those needed daily meds on hand, go to jacemedical.com and see if it's offered for you. Remember, use promo code Locked On for $20 off your purchase at jacemedical.com. You folks might notice some extra uh, production elements here as uh, as the network's doing big things. Uh, I don't know if, if a lot of you have heard of Fast TV, F-A-S-T, free ad-supported television, but Locked On getting their own channel. You can find it streaming live 24 hours now on YouTube. So subscribe up to that. And also you can find it on certain other apps and smart TVs and things like that. Locked On doing big things. And uh, yeah, of course, you'll see me and Croc up there as well on that 24-hour live Locked On channel. Super pumped for that one. Okay, Croc, I know you got some big thoughts about this one, and, and you weren't here with Wig and I yesterday. We uh, we mentioned that Steve Wilkes, the announcement has been made that Steve Wilkes is going from the booth calling defensive plays to the sideline. And uh, as Adrian puts it in the chat here, I liked Steve Wilkes' energy at the podium today when he was asked about it. And he said, basically, we're all making a big deal about it. It's not that big of a deal. Um, we've talked about how we think that's maybe maybe getting scapegoated is, is what's happening right now for for Steve Wilkes. So, Croc, as a player, as a former player, what's your insight? How important do you think it is that Steve Wilkes is going from the booth to the sideline right now? I think along the lines of him, I think people are making a bigger deal out of it than it is. And I don't think that's going to be this magic pill that automatically the 49ers defense starts to play better. I also don't think that 49ers defense has been bad throughout this year. I do think that they had a couple games that were less than ideal defensively. Outside of that, I didn't see anything that was out of the norm in the sense of uh, defense just being attacked or, you know, an inability to stop opposing teams. Uh, So then I said, you know what? I was on Spaces on Twitter with some of my buddies and I'm listening in and that was around the time that the news dropped that he will be going to the sideline. And they were like, oh, yeah, about time. He's going to the sideline. I'm on Instagram. I see everybody cheering. They're going crazy. I'm like, what is the big deal? So I said, you know what? Let me talk to some other former professionals. So I do coach with several guys uh, that played at the NFL level uh, at the high school, Edison High School in Stockton, where I live. And I got their opinion. So first I saw LaVille Hawkins. I said, Hawk, the 49ers just mandated their defensive coordinator to go down to the field. What advantages do you think he'll have being down there? And he's on, he's, so he's talking to the people in the spaces and he's like, I don't see any benefits to him going down there. I think it actually is easier when you're up top as far as seeing the plays, um, how things play out and you get, you don't get distracted by all the noise on the sideline. You can just focus on the game. I said, okay, that was one person. Let me go to another coach. So I went to the next coach and that was our head coach, uh, Coach Booker Guyton. He's coached between high school football and college football for 30 plus years. And I asked him his opinion and he said, uh, he feels like coordinators should be in the booth. So that was his thing. You could see more. You're not distracted, et cetera. He had some of the same thoughts as Lavelle Hawkins, who played eight years in the NFL. And then my defensive coordinator. This was perfect because he actually played for uh, he played for uh, 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 Nick, Vic Fangio with the 49ers. 
So uh, one year, 2014, Desmond Bishop played with the 49ers, Fangio in the booth. And again, Bishop is, is our defensive coordinator, and I'm on the sidelines with him every game. And I asked his opinion. Hey, man, like, what do you think, you know, and I, and I explained it to him. They're moving him down to the field. And he said, they're just grasping at straws, trying to figure out any way to fix whatever's going on. And he said, it's not going to make a difference. And he said his preference is in the booth. He said that pretty much every coordinator he ever played with was in the booth. So he's like, I don't even know what it's like to have a defensive coordinator down on the field. But he said uh, he likes being up. He said you spend plenty of hours throughout the week doing a lot of prep. So the players really kind of know what to do. So all the information is relayed through the uh, eyes of the assistants. So his thing was, like the other guys, he would rather be in the booth if he can be, as long as he have assistants that can relay information. Uh, and he said he thinks he's kind of just – they're just grasping that straws, trying to figure out anything. So uh, I did have one coach, Coach Snowbar, who said he would rather be on the sideline because he gets to feel the emotions of everything going on and, you know, be able to look guys in the eyes and things like that. So there was one coach that was on more of the side of the fans uh, as opposed to the other coaches that I talked to. So I just wonder, I have my opinion of it, but I'm like, maybe I'm tripping because I think that people are making a bigger deal out of this, but a lot of my coaches on, on our staff felt the same way. How do you get the nickname Booger anyway? Oh, Booker. Sorry, Booker. Oh, I, thought, I, thought you, I thought you called it Booger. Uh, like Coach Booker yeah. Like, I was wondering how Booger McFarlane got his name too because it can't be one that you're super jazzed about when you get it. Okay, Book. Okay. Uh, there's kind of a Stockton to Cal pipeline too, by the way. Yeah, Lavelle and uh, Desmond Bishop. But Desmond, actually, he drives, he commutes to Stockton from Fairfield. Or he lives like in that area, Fairfield, Vacaville, okay. or whatever. So he's actually commuting to us. Uh, you know, he 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 gets that special connection with Stockton, California. So I'm <laughs> putting seeing him lighting up the scoreboard. You got no problems with play callers there in the in the playoffs from what I've seen so far. Nah, and and Bishop actually talked about you know, why he's on the sideline with us. And he's like, you know, at high school level, you have to coach so much. So, and if you look on the sideline, you see me very animated. You see Dan's. I mean, he's coaching up guys. Hey, move over, bump over. Hey, you got to split this or you got to do this. So you, we have to coach these guys on every single play. So it's a little different. Uh, NFL level, they pretty much know their responsibilities, their jobs. So you don't have to coach as much. You just have to make little minor tweaks here and there. You, you shouldn't have to tell Fred Warner or Tano Hufanga to not miss a tackle, right? That, that shouldn't be something you need to say face-to-face. And there are other coaches that can do that too. And, you know, they talked about communication. Kyle Shanahan did. You know what's interesting with Kyle, though? He's, he's a couple times he mentioned communication, but he said communicating with the linebackers, specifically mentioned the linebackers. So I wonder if there's more there because... Well, for one, where's a green dot? Like, he's actually specifically talking to... The defense, I mean, he doesn't get to talk to him, but it's it's being communicated right to him. So I don't know. I, I Listen, I don't know. I do see this right here, and I have a question. Let's go with this one first. Uh, last two games, only three punts and very few sacks. Something has to change. This is an easy change. Do you think that two games of not playing well at all is worth changing up everything that you do? Like everything that you know, how you've gone about things, the things that have – got you hired, right? Like, it's like, well, Kyle, why did you hire me to be somebody else? Because that's kind of what's going on. You hire me and it's like, all right, this is the defense I want you to run. You have to learn how I want you to learn this defense, you know? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, two games in a row, not great, bad. 
defense. Now I want you to do what I would prefer you to be, which is on the sideline. So it's like, well, why'd you hire me in the first place if you're going to change up everything that I do? Like that would that, that would annoy me. Like you just coach the defense. <laughs> yeah, it's like I really want you to be our defense coordinator, but you got to coach where I say you're going to coach from and call from where I'd say you are. And you got to run my scheme. You don't get to run your own scheme. And you got to be immediately amazing and you can't screw up for a couple of games and make a bad call uh, because then I'm going to kind of, you know, take you through it publicly. And then now everyone's like, you know, nobody would have known the difference if, uh, if Kyle didn't say the thing about the, the bad play call uh, at the, in the first half against the, um, was that the, that was the Vikings Vikings Monday Which, night. Right? It was a bad play call too. Oh, like, it, it was a bad play call. At the time, yeah. <laughs> um, and then now doing the, the booth thing. And the, the one thing I don't like about it, and I don't think it's a big deal either way. And it shouldn't have a huge impact. And it shouldn't be a negative impact, even if the coach would rather be in the booth if he's on the sideline. And maybe there's some, you know, communication things that that can be helped here. Um, but the thing I don't like is that I think they're, I mean, it's it's telling me they don't actually have answers for what they're trying to fix, and that's what worries me the most because I don't think this is an answer for it, and it tells me they don't have answers for it, so they're kind of scrambling a little bit. So that that's the thing I think I like about it at least. That is the part that comes off as uh, a, more of a panic move with, with anything. Now, we do have Garrison in the chat, and he says, you have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, were you in the room when Shanahan talked to Wilkes? No, but we heard what Shanahan said to us, <laughs> which was, I'll talk to him Damn about it. being on the field. They must have had that conversation because now Wilkes is on the field. So uh, I don't know how much we missed within that. Maybe they're just trying something different. But Wilkes told us, guys are making a big deal out of it. It's not that big a deal, but it's definitely different than what he's done in the past. And this has been forced upon him. Uh, you can't miss 30 tackles in, in three games. Uh, you just can't do it. It's just like turnovers. It's like anything. Fundamentals. And the 49ers are too good to play poorly, like they have a couple, three games in a row. So uh, that's the big thing that's got to change. And I agree with Kyle. He says the answers are already in the building. Just play better. So keys to victory. What specifically do the 49ers have to do to beat those Jacksonville Jaguars in week 10? Next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Uh, have you ever struggled with the seasonal blues? You know, when the it starts to be a lot more dark outside than it is light, the sun starts going down pretty darn early. Uh, end of the year season and can be rough for some folks for multiple reasons with the holidays. Some people look forward to the holidays and they love them. Some people, they hate this time of year and, and maybe it's not the, the most fun for you, depending on what's going on in your life and your family and uh, some struggles you may have. So um, this time of year can be a lot and it's natural to feel some of that sadness or anxiety about it, but adding someone new, something new and positive in your life can counteract some of those things. And therapy can be that bright spot amid a lot of the stress and change that can be happening in your life. Something to look forward to that check in every week to make you feel grounded and give you the tools to manage everything going on in your life. So, if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you don't hit it off with that therapist, that's okay. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash on. All right, here we go, Croc. Keys to victory for those San Francisco 49ers to defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars. And 
Um, I'm going to start with, uh, I mean, it always starts up front, right? But I think both teams, especially if Trent Williams doesn't play, but if he does play, like we saw it, we saw what the game plan was against the, uh, against the Cleveland Browns. And, and then when the Niners got banged up, it just sort of changed everything. And I think it's going to be a similar game plan here. I think we're going to see a lot of Debo early. He's going to be in motion everywhere. They're going to try to get him the ball. They're going to try to run the ball. But the Jacksonville Jaguars are really good against the run. So if the if the Jaguars are able to stop the run, it'll help to have Trent out there and you know create some of those big runs to the left side. Um, the 49ers, I think, are going to lean on the, the quick passing game. And especially if Trent Williams isn't out there so they can keep their quarterback clean so they can uh, create some plays and catch and run situations. The Jacksonville Jaguars tend to play um, the two deep coverage. They like to, to uh, uh, they like to come up and tackle. They allow you to catch the ball underneath and come up and tackle. So can they tackle Debo Samuel on the regular? Can they tackle Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield and, and George Kittle uh, finding those soft spots and, and in those catch and run situations. So that's what I'm looking for in this game, catch and run and, Obviously, the 49ers can run the ball, too. That's going to be a, a, a big help. But uh, that's one thing that the Jaguars have done really well this year. So catch and run. Make the, make, the, make the Jacksonville Jaguars be the team that's missing all their tackles, and they're moving their defensive coordinator around next week because they had a hell of a time against the 49ers. Like that's the, that's the goal for the 49ers in this one. And Niners, you guys make those tackles this time. Definitely. We have Ernest in the chat and he says, uh, Eric Crocker, do you think in your prime you could tackle Debo or McCaffrey in the open field? And the answer to that is I, I could, but I wouldn't want to. Right? And that's what I think some of these guys have to feel in this game when you're playing against Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, uh, Get these guys in open field. Make guys have to make those business decisions as we see defensive backs do all the time when it comes to Debo Samuel. They don't want to tackle that guy. He's a load to bring down. Uh I think for the 49ers, one of the you know first keys to me is no late game turnovers. I think, you know, again, the defense hasn't been good at all. You got to help them out a little bit. How are you going to help them? Don't turn the ball over late in games. I think that could really help kind of get things kicked off in the right direction for them. Uh, we all know that turnovers really decide games. You know, if you if you win the turnover margin, you're probably going to win. If you lose it, you're probably going to lose. And if you look at the last two games, 49ers are losing the turnover margin. So uh, taking care of the football, uh, you know, and especially late games, so that situational football at the end, let's be better at that. And I think if 49ers were better than that over the last two weeks, they'd be 2-0. and And I think we'd be having a slightly different conversation. Alonzo has a good question here, and it's part of the complimentary football that the 49ers haven't been able to play because the offense can't put up points, can't keep long drives going, and the defense stays on the field too much, and they can't give the ball back to the offense, and vice versa. It's just a cyclical thing, and then all of a sudden you're only scoring 17 points on offense, and the other team's scoring more than that. Uh, Alonzo says, how do you guys think we stop or at least slow down the short passing game? Seems to be the key to slowing down our pass rush. And yeah, that's what teams do against the 49ers. And the Niners brought in another guy in Chase Young now. Can you get to the quarterback in time? And we, especially the last two games, you saw Joe Burrow and Kirk Cousins who were masterful and masterful at getting the ball out, getting the ball out on time, getting the ball out quickly to their, their playmakers and avoiding the 49ers pass rush. And there's so many times when uh, and, and this is what John Lynch was talking about when he was asked about the only, only the two or three sacks that Nick Bosa has this year. Uh, that and, and he said that Bosa's dominating still, and it's because he's got a ton of pressures. He's near the top of the league in pressures, 
Uh, he's just that one step away from getting there a lot of times. And uh, maybe having another pass rusher coming from the other side to flush out a quarterback and push them into the push that quarterback into each other's arms will be will be one. But you you, you got to play you got to tighten up your coverage and know that the other team is going to come with a quick passing game, try to get the ball out quick to defeat what the 49ers strength that just got stronger is. I don't know if I have a great answer for it, Croc. Do you have a good answer for that? Because that's obviously one of the huge keys. Uh, we even saw it against the the Falcons last year against a quarterback who's not like that sort of a, a, a quarterback that you're worried about dicing you up. It was Marcus Mariota. They only had one incompletion in that game. And that, that's definitely been something that teams try to do. And if they're able to do it, it keeps the 49ers defense on the field and it keeps the 49ers offense off the field. I think it, uh, when you go back to that Falcons game, 49ers had a lot of guys out, a lot of starters out. So maybe that had some effects on, uh, you know, the, the, the quick game and whatnot. But yeah, there, there is a trend there. And you look at the last two weeks with uh, Joe Burrow and Kirk Cousins. That's actually a strength of theirs. You know, they're, they're really good quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Burrow, I think some would say, uh, is an elite quarterback. Uh, and maybe Kirk Cousins kind of trending that way. I feel like there's a, there, people are starting to get more and more on board with how good of a quarterback that Kirk Cousins is. So, you know, those are two guys that definitely know how to play at a high level, high level IQ, and they can get the ball out of their hands quick. Can Trevor Lawrence be that guy this early in his career? If you can force him to maybe hold on to the ball a tick longer, maybe that will help you uh, maybe get to the quarterback and get those sacks because he hasn't still seen everything. So maybe late, late, uh, late movement, defensively can maybe help slow things down with his progression and maybe you can get some sacks there. Yeah. And, and then it, it, again, uh, it, it's complimentary, right? So what happens on early downs, if the, if the Jaguars are able to run the ball and you're not tackling well, well now that's third and short. So those quick passes get first downs instead of quick passes coming up short of the sticks too. And then that third and long is what you're trying to get to. So stop the run. So they're in third and long. So it can't be a quick passing game. So you have time to get there with your pass rushers. Now you're creating big plays. You're creating sacks. You're getting off the field, getting the ball back to your offense. So um, yeah, it, it, it all works together. The 49ers had not been playing complimentary ball the last few weeks. There, there is one problem that a guy like even on third down and you can play man coverage and you have uh, Trevor Lawrence back there the one thing that he can do, like we saw with Burrow, is make a play with his legs. And Trevor Lawrence is more athletic than Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow can move. Trevor Lawrence is athletic. So I think that should be another key as well, being able to contain him and kind of limit those third down runs by Trevor Lawrence because those can be backbreaking. I think when you are, you know, everything is covered up on the back end, but man, somebody loses containment with their pass rush. And next thing you know, you got this six, six quarterback striding through the middle of your defense, picking up 15 yards real fast. You know, like those are back breaking plays on third down. And look, as I don't know what the usage numbers are for Travis ATN. Every time I watch the Jaguars, he's been almost their whole offense more than I, I thought there'd be guys. like I thought Ridley and, and Christian Kirk's kind of been their number one wide receiver, but man, they run this offense just like the 49ers have been running their offense through McCaffrey. They run their offense through Travis ATN and they've given him a full workload. He's catching the ball out of the backfield. So you absolutely got to tackle him and he's a pretty explosive player. Lima in the chat says 35 to 10 Croc. I made my prediction yesterday. I think it's going to be a more of a low scoring game. I feel a lot better with uh, with knowing that uh, the 49ers have a couple of really big time players on the practice field this week and might see Trent out there, might see uh, and we'll, pro we'll definitely see Debo Samuel out there. Um, any quick predictions before we go, Croc? Uh, I think that the 49ers get back to winning as long as the weather and I haven't checked on the weather in Florida, but we know it can kind of get weird. All of, it's sunny and then all of a sudden it's raining and yeah. storming. 
But as long as the weather is good, I see a 27 to 20 win for the 49ers. Uh, it's going to be warm, I think. 70 degrees right now in in, uh, in Jacksonville. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Keep an eye out for the streaming Locked On Today live 24-hour stream of all the shows, all the hosts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Find that in your local listings and your smart TVs, and you can find it on YouTube as well. Make sure you are subscribed, of course, to Locked On 49ers on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Croc and I back post-game to break it all down. Right here, Locked On 49ers.